my good friend, Buddy Pilgrim. Welcome back to the C.L. Bryant Show. How are you there? I'm doing wonderful, C.L. God bless you. Thanks for having me on today. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Always good to be on with you, Buddy Pilgrim. Now, now there's a whole lot of things that uh, that we are going to talk about here today, and I certainly hope that you have a little time to spend with me, buddy. I'm going to try to do this uninterrupted, but we will see how how this plans how this pans out, buddy. Uh, there are so many things. Uh, I tell you what, you tell me what is the hottest topic. If Buddy Pilgrim was to talk to a national audience, in fact, a global audience, right now, there's a whole bunch of folks listening to you. What would you want to say to Americans in particular, Buddy Pilgrim? Well, it's really uh, interesting because we have two really hot topics going on right now. One is Afghanistan and what's taking place there and how the Biden administration has really botched the withdrawal from there. And it's going to be to the harm of many, many people. Many lives in Afghanistan will be lost. People who've helped us over there, citizens who've helped us. That's one of the things. Then the other issue is obviously coronavirus and uh, how that's affecting us and the mandate that the left wants to place upon the rest of us in terms of vaccination or wearing masks. Third thing I would say is probably this insane spending that's taking place with the passage of the infrastructure plan uh, and this so-called infrastructure plan. Because even the $1.2 trillion, the little spending bill, the $1.2 trillion one instead of the $5 trillion big one that's here to follow is really not even mostly infrastructure. It's mostly other things. And it's the gateway to the $5 trillion socialism plan. Uh, all three of those are such critical issues. Uh, I think they're equal in importance. We can talk about them let's, in whatever order you want. Let, let, let's talk about the middle one first, buddy. Let's talk about the second one that you presented to us first, because I, I just got off of uh, a plane last night, and the, the lunacy is that you can eat in an airport restaurant with your mask down while people walk past you with their mask up. And then you can take yours down and eat in the airport restaurant. But when you get back to the loading area, you, they want you to stay six feet apart with the mask on. But you're going to sit, be six inches apart in the plane eating the snacks that they give you on the plane. Buddy, there is something in logic that's missing. Is there something that they're telling, not telling us? By Is there a lie by omission, possibly, that is going on when it comes to this, to this coronavirus thing? Talk to us, buddy. Pilgrim. Well, I, I, I think there is a lie by omission, that, uh, especially regarding the issue of masks. We're continually told that we need to listen to the medical science. We need to heed the medical science and the medical doctors. And I want to tell you something that I haven't heard stated anywhere else on any broadcast on television or radio either one. This is my take on this issue. We don't need to listen to medical doctors when it comes to the efficacy of the mask, and here's why. Because the efficacy of the mask is not an issue of medical science. It's an issue of physical science. In other words, it's an issue of physics. And Dr. Fauci is not a physics. He's not a doctor of physics. He's a medical doctor. And physics is what simply tells you whether or not one object can pass through another. So I did some research on this, and I looked up the size of a of a micron. I don't want to get too deep into. No, I want to hear this. This is good, folks. Listen, listen okay. to this. Okay. A, a micron is point zero 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 four four zeros, uh, and then a four. So it's easy to remember four zeros followed by a four point zero 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 four of an inch. 
a hair, a human hair is 50 microns. This is one millionth of a meter. And if you put on any cloth mask, there is not a cloth mask made that is tightly woven enough to stop anything that is one millionth of a meter or four hundred thousandths of an inch from passing through that mask. So the masks are literally ineffective. They may make you feel good. I heard over the weekend that they might stop as much as 3% of the virus from getting through and 97% would actually pass the mask, even if you flip that. And even if you said it stopped 97% of the virus and 3% went through, 3% in the air, in the atmosphere, breathed in, would still be enough to, conf- to, to infect you. So what difference does it make whether you get 3% or 97%? It's still going to allow the virus to get in you if you're in the presence of the virus anyway. So the, the idea that a mask will protect you is simply a false concept when you consider the issue of physics. And it's physics that's, that determines how large of a particle can pass through uh, one, a, a, another object such as a cloth mask. It's not medical science. So, so Buddy science. Pilgrim, uh, I heard someone uh, actually uh, confer and, and actually confirm what you have just said. They said uh, that, and, and who was a physicist, they said that if you can smell anything through your mask, then the mask does you no good. He said, if you can breathe through your mask, then your mask does you no good. Why then, there has to be a question about this, then why, what's the end game to this type of mass deception? Is it controlled? Talk to us. It's absolutely controlled. That's what it's all about. It's trying to deceive you into believing that you can't make the right judgments on your own for the control and the safety of your body, that the government has to. They want to scare you. They want to create fear in your life that if you don't go around with a mask on, you're going to catch the coronavirus. You may or may not get the coronavirus, but listen, whether or not you wear a mask is not going to be the determinant of whether or not you get the coronavirus. But they want to scare you into believing that the government will give you the best procedures and the best prescription for how you should live your life. If you just learn to listen to the government and obey, you'll be better off. And it's a completely false premise. And the mask is a great example of that because they never tell you that it won't protect you. What you just said is so right. If you can blow smoke through a mask, a particle of smoke is larger than the coronavirus. So if smoke will pass through a mask, the coronavirus will pass through the mask. So you're kidding only yourselves and those that believe in masks if you try to wear it and think it's going to provide protection. You I'm are- certainly in favor of you trying trying to protect it. Distance is probably better than a mask. Wow. And sunshine, my friends, uh, from what I've been told, and I get a lot of it here in Florida, sunshine is the best remedy for the whole the whole thing. Everybody just go out and, and, and sunbathe. Uh, buddy, let me ask you this. You used a word here just a little bit ago, uh, and it, it, it was deception. Now, Jesus tells us that uh, one of the signs uh, of, of the end of an age, of, the, of this age, will be mass deception. Be careful that no one deceives you. Beware that no one deceives you. 
is there then an end game to the type of deception that we're looking at? With Where is Joe Biden? Let me ask you this. We haven't seen or heard uh, from Joe Biden, Buddy Pilgrim, and, and Afghanistan is imploding. Americans are, are, are cutting and running. It's a national disgrace. Where's Joe Biden? What's happening with this guy? I don't, I don't get it. Talk to us. I, I don't either. It's hard to understand. You're right. We haven't heard from him in six days. Supposedly, he's going to speak to the nation at 345 uh, Eastern time this afternoon and make some statement. I can predict with somewhat of certainty, I guarantee you he's going to try to blame this on the Trump administration. He's going to say, we inherited a plan that Trump had already negotiated to be out of there by May. Now, think about this. That is true. The Trump had negotiated a plan to be out of Afghanistan by May. Biden already moved it from May to first September 11 and then to August 31st. Okay. So if, if he can inherit a plan, but then disregard the date in the plan and move it from May to September to back to August, he could move it from August to October. He can't say that he was bound to have to get out of there this weekend, this day, in this way because of what Trump negotiated, because he already abandoned what Trump negotiated with respect to May. Second thing, I am certain that if President Trump were still in office today, as well as he should be, that Trump would have either not left in May, or if he had have left, he would have left there in an orderly manner, not leaving aircraft and equipment, drones, all of those other things for the Taliban to take over, and he would have gotten the people out of there in an orderly manner before pulling the majority of the military out of there. You know, Biden pulled the majority of the military out first, then is left with people to try to get out of there, and now he's having to send in thousands of U.S. troops. Last week he said it was going to be 2,500. Then he said 3,000. Then it went to 6,000. I heard this morning it's now 7,000 troops that he's sending back in there only for the purpose of helping people get out. It's exactly the opposite approach that he should have taken. He should have gotten the people out first in an orderly manner, then began to withdraw the troops, and he should have left air support for the uh, Afghan troops there. If he had left U.S. air support for the Afghan troops, none of this would have happened that we're seeing today. You, you know, buddy, uh, you and I are, are in the same age bracket, and and, and you know what? Uh, this this is something that I, I, I feel uh, happening. I feel as though the 12th grade class, there, the 12th grade uh, civics class or, or whatever, is running this country. There, there doesn't seem to be an adult in the administration called Joe Biden. I, I can't call him, uh, well, yeah, Joe Biden. I'll just, I'll just use that. I mean, let me not digress that yeah. far. But just the same, who is, who's, who's, run, who's running this country? Uh, I, I don't understand that Joe Biden doesn't seem to have a clue. Uh, people are saying he must be a cyborg. They must be fixed. I don't know what's happening. But, folks, none of that crazy stuff is going on. But let me tell you this. It's easier to believe that Joe would be a cyborg than to believe the crazy stuff you're believing about the coronavirus. And, and so, and so <laughs> how, how is it that, that we are buying into this and we are being shepherded around as sheep uh, at this point in time, Buddy Pilgrim? Well, for the majority of Americans, it's because they listen to the mainstream media. And the mainstream media is no longer uh, an independent media organization. They are an arm of the left-wing Democrat Party. 
The Democrat Party is completely run by the left wing now. There, there are, I say there are no moderate Democrats because even those who claim to be so-called moderate Democrats still vote for Chuck Schumer to be uh, the majority leader of the Senate, and they still vote for Nancy Pelosi to be the Speaker of the House when time comes to pick the, the leaders in those two bodies. And when you put those two people in charge of the two legislative branch bodies of uh, government, you put the most radical elements in place and in charge. So there's no such thing as a moderate Democrat. They all vote in lockstep anyway. And even when you see the ones that are supposedly moderate Democrats interviewed on some of the uh, some of the television stations like Fox that will bring on uh, a moderate a so-called moderate Democrat, and they start talking about the issues. In nearly every case, they support lockstep what's being done right now. Now, in terms of who's in charge up there, it's it's literally mind-boggling to me. I don't understand it. I mean, I often thought in the Obama administration that Valerie Jarrett was there with a disproportionate amount of influence, and I could see her her fingerprints on some of the things were being that were being done. I literally don't know who's in charge of the Biden administration. It's it's uh, so, it's beyond comprehension to understand what's really going on there and who's making the decisions and feeding him the information uh, on what he wants needs to say. What, I, I don't know. What you did right there is what most people from Washington D.C. to California. Uh, do when asked that question, Buddy Pilgrim, we, we halt, we stumble, and because we don't know what to say when answering that question. We don't know who's running this country. So when we look at critical race theory and we look at the attack on uh, order, law and order, uh, by attacking the blue, I, I, I led a rally. I mean, I don't know how many, three, four hundred people uh, was was in attendance just a few nights ago, back the blue in, in Phoenix, Arizona. But when we look at the breakdown of that order, and then we look at the uh, confusion that something like critical race theory brings into the American landscape, uh, buddy, is all of this the same riding around in the same vehicle? Is all of, of the the confusion that's going on in this country right now with the socialist uh, takedown or try to taking down America? Is all of this a part of the same gumbo? I think it is a part of the same gumbo, so to speak. And critical race theory is an essential element of what the left is trying to do. We have moved, I believe, from a soft tyranny to a hard tyranny. With Literally with what was done last week with the vote on the infrastructure. I hate to even call it that. That's what they call it. The, the so-called infrastructure plan, the $1.2 trillion vote. That was, in my opinion, a movement from a soft tyranny to literally a hard tyranny. We're in the situation now where we have tyrannical leaders on the left, in control in D.C., and their next step, the, the $1.2 trillion was the gateway to the, not $3 trillion, but actually to a 5 to $6 trillion bill that is loaded up with every left-wing um, socialist plan that they want to implement, and they are planning on passing that. They, the Democrats, are planning on passing that with 50 votes plus uh, Kamala Harris's vote in the Senate and with a party-line vote in the House when they, and they only have a four-vote majority there. They are going to implement the most radical policies in the history of this nation if they're not stopped. And they will do it in a manner that is, it is disgusting 
the way they do it in terms of how they present it, what they tell is in it versus what's really in it, how they try to sell it to the public versus what's really in it. And it is a tyranny of the minority because the majority of Americans, even of Democrats that are out in the in the countryside, not the politicians, the majority of Americans do not believe in these radical, tyrannical socialist policies. You know what, buddy? Uh, when you bring that up like that, it, it puts me in the mind of uh, a Louisiana senator that I helped. I mean, I, I everybody knows, full disclosure, I helped get Bill Cassidy, Michelle and I, my executive producer and I, we worked hard to get him elected to take down Mary Landrieu, which we thought was a good thing. But folks, you know what, buddy, I am just bewildered at how uh, it seems seductive Washington, D.C. can be when it comes to this type of thing. I would have never thought that you'd have some Republicans who would go along with, and as you said, I, I just can't call this an infrastructure bill. What is it? Uh, I can't. I, it's just it's just ridiculous. But anyway, this is my question. What do we say to the GOP now? The Dems seem to hang together real good. We seem to stumble right at the finish line every time. If you have any advice, and you have been advisor before, let's hear what you would have to say to this party as we face 2022. We have to get more involved in the Republican primary process than we've ever been before in our lives. And we have to put the right people in at the primary level because if we don't have uh, conservatives who are conservative to the core, who will fight to the core, uh, elected in the general election, and we can't get them unless we put the right ones in in the primary races, we've got to get involved in order to do that because time and time again we see Republicans, uh, just like Bill Cassidy, I would rather have Bill Cassidy than Mary Landry. But I would rather have somebody who would be more conservative than Bill Cassidy than Bill Cassidy. He was he was gleeful. He was almost giddy last week on television about having supported this one point two trillion dollar spending plan and how great it's going to be and all of that. And there are there are massive problems. There are more problems with that than there are good things to come with it. And if we would stand as firm and united as the Democrats do, we could defeat those kind of bills. And the Democrats would see they're not going to get any of those kind of things through. He, I think he's badly misguided in his belief that somehow the $1.2 trillion plan is going to prevent the $5 trillion plan from going through. They're going to do the $5 trillion, $6 trillion plan on this party line vote and using Kamala in the Senate. And what was voted on last week is the gateway to that. I'm very disappointed. John Cornyn voted to move that $1.2 trillion bill onto the floor for debate. Now, in the end, he didn't vote for the final passage of it, but he voted to move it forward on debate. And I was furious when I saw that uh, and tried to contact Cornyn's office, and his phones were jammed. So I I personally texted Ted Ted Cruz. I have Ted's cell phone number because I worked for Ted. And I know him well, and I, I texted Ted, and I said, I would ask you to please tell John Cornyn to his face that conservative Texans are furious with Republicans who are supporting this $1.2 trillion plan and tell him it's going to create problems for him in the primary and for everybody else that does. 
and that's what we've got to do is we've got to be involved. We've got to, and we've got to get involved in the primary. I'm going to be very involved in the Texas governor's primary, I think, uh, to make sure we have the most conservative governor in the state of Texas. Abbott is okay. He's he at least is a, a general conservative, and he's been a good governor. He's no Ron DeSantis, though. No, no, no. Abbott's and far from Ron. And, and now let me say that. Let me say this, no. buddy. And I'm glad, glad you. And I want you to stay with me. Um, listen, speaking of conservative Texans, I just let, like I just said, I left Arizona here just 24 hours, not 24 hours ago. And uh, this is the, the the issue that's on their minds as well as you Texans. And that's that, that the border is absolutely being overrun. I mean, it's 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 just being overrun. Buddy, let's just talk about the end game to that because that does also fit into this gumbo that we talk about. There's a soup that's being put together here, Americans, that we do not want to even taste of, but which is being force-fed to us. And so, and so, buddy, is Abbott handling that border thing right? Is he calling for the right things? Uh, does he have the authority to defend his border? Joe Biden feels as though he has the authority to override governors of certain of all of, of the states. You talk to us about this. You understand the Constitution and what uh, states' rights are all about. Talk to us. Well, Abbott's done some things. I don't think he's done enough things. This uh, border wall that he's talking about building himself and then goes through the process of arresting people that go through it for trespassing, he could have begun doing that long before he did. This so-called Texas border wall that he's building should have been built prior to Biden doing what he's doing, number one. Uh, Number two, I, I think the governor has far more authority than he thinks he has or then he at least uh, tries to implement because we don't have anybody almost anybody in this country who really stands up for the 10th amendment and the sovereign power of the state of texas over the federal government the federal government is literally doing things that they have no constitutional authority to do now they may get some court to approve what they did but the court's not even the ultimate authority. The Constitution of the United States is the ultimate authority. And if the Constitution of the United States gives powers to the states that aren't reserved for the government, then the states need to implement those powers. I think the, that Abbott could take a much stronger stand as a Tenth Amendment governor operating under the sovereign power given to the states and stop much more of this. We, we need him to at least push back more than he has. Operating this is a plan for the Democrats to, to change this nation with the people they're letting in. Operating under the sovereign uh, powers that the Constitution of the United States gives to the states. And folks, what that simply translated says to all of us is that the power comes from the grassroots to the Fed, not the other way around. It's your money that's kicked up to the Fed's that makes this country work as far as all of the bureaucracies that it fi- that your money finances. It begins at your kitchen table while you're uh, counting out your budget or, or, or balancing your budget. It begins there, and it kicks up. You kick money up to them to keep you safe and, and the city safe and, and, and to keep the, 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 the country safe. And so, buddy, is, is there a lack of understanding even among Christian folks? particularly among Christian folks, 
about how this thing should work. Are Christians being duped? And why are they being duped? Buddy, talk to us about it. Uh, Christians are often duped because they think that involvement in government and politics and things like that is too earthly-minded, not not uh, heavenly-minded enough. But I want to tell you, God created us as earthly beings to live on and to do this earth. His job description for us was written in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. When he said he was going to create man, he said, I'm going to create him in my image. And he said, I want them to rule over, to subdue the earth, to rule over every living thing. And then he did exactly that. He created man, and the first words he spoke to them were a blessing. And he said, now your job assignment is to, is to rule over the earth, to subdue the earth, and rule over every living thing. So my opinion is this. God is unchanging. The Word tells us that. And the desire of God's hearts never changed from the beginning of time. And that is that people who have a right relationship with him should be the ones in positions of power and authority throughout the earth, which means in the positions of business and politics. Liberty can only live when faith intersects with business and politics because the decisions that are made on this earth are made in the realm of businesses. That's why we see Google and Facebook and all of these companies that are taking away our rights and and uh, canceling us out and kicking people off of social platforms and things like that so that we can't get our opinions out and our word out. So businesses and political offices are where power is exercised in this, in this earth. And if Christians abandon business and politics, we leave those two realms of authority to those who don't share our values, and our values should be expressed there, not abandoned there. So people of faith, have to get involved because what I said a minute ago, liberty can only exist when faith intersects with business and politics. Buddy, do people understand that the socialist tendencies and policies that these Marxist and communist uh, Democrats are pushing off on America, don't they understand that they're only a parasite on the back of of the free market? Socialism is a parasite. It's a tick on the back of the free market. It can't exist without the money that comes from the free market. And, man, you could not have said it better, buddy. Of course, you are a preacher. You could not have said it better than tell everybody that God gave us dominion in the old king, the King James. It says dominion. That's that's what God gives us all is dominion over this earth, y'all. And and let me tell you, we we, we take that very lightly. And the Democrats think that somehow we have dominion over the climate, though, buddy. And God already set that in motion. It's been hot ever since I was a kid. I, I understand. And, 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 buddy, why is it that we have the, ar- the, the arrogance to think that somehow we specs as human beings can tamper with God's uh, climate, uh, his, thermost- his thermostat? Yeah, yeah. It is an arrogant position to think that the activities of mankind will affect climate of the entire globe and god created a system where if we produce more uh, uh well we exhale uh, yeah yeah uh, see, uh, methane <laughs> methane <laughs> yeah well, yeah as we as we produce that no, uh, carbon dioxide but buddy i'm sorry carbon dioxide thank you Thank you, Ada, when you go blank on something like that. We exhale carbon dioxide. We generate more carbon with the things that we do. When we put that into the atmosphere, then that creates an atmosphere that is more rich and vibrant for plants. Plants take in carbon and carbon dioxide and produce oxygen. God created a system in the earth 
that cannot get out of balance long term because if the atmosphere were to become too carbon heavy, the plants would take it in. They would they would grow bigger and more healthy and produce more oxygen, which would offset what was taking place. God created a system that is self balancing, and it is not man's activity that is changing this earth. You know, buddy, uh, my uncle was a very, very good mechanic, made a very good living at doing it. I used to love to tinker around on cars. Dad was a, was in the restaurant, did restaurants, so he didn't mess around with cars much, but I loved it. And you put an, uh, something over an exhaust on a car. You, you put a, uh, anything in the exhaust pipe of a car or hinder the exhaust from being free of of uh, it, it being free to exhaust, to, to push out the exhaust, then you will ruin that vehicle. You really will. I believe, buddy, just just as a little caveat, that that's exactly what we're doing to our bodies by putting a mask on it. You talked about the uh, uh, carbon dioxide uh, that yeah. we breathe out. God intended for us to breathe that out. It wasn't intended for us to catch it in a mask and breathe it back in. That, that's not the, the, the purpose. Absolutely. And, and, and so, buddy, let you're, me – go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, well, you're, or you're so right to bring that point back up because especially as they're trying to put masks on children, children's brains need oxygen more than any other brains on the face of this earth because children's – all of our brains need oxygen. The children's brains need oxygen because they're still growing. They're still developing both in size and in the efficacy and the functioning of their brain. And the worst thing you can do to a child is to reduce the amount of oxygen that that child is able to take in by putting a mask over their face and making what they breathe in partially the carbon dioxide that they just breathe back out. And, buddy, as we uh, look at this now, as we begin to wind down in the interview, and I want to thank you for your time, you have a nonprofit that I want you to tell everybody about. Buddy Pilgrim is a man of integrity. In fact, he helps all of us uh, maintain uh, integrity by being uh, accountable to one another. Buddy, tell us about your organization. It's integrityleadership.org, integrityleadership, all one word, no spaces, dot org. And uh, with respect to faith and my, my role there, I teach the word for business and politics, the word for the workplace, as I sometimes say, because politics is a, worst, is a workplace. People are employed in the political environment and people are employed in business and that goes back to the point i made a minute ago i want people to live a life of liberty isaiah 61 once predicted that christ came in order to set the captives free to bring liberty to the captives he wants us to live a life that is free where we have liberty and liberty can only exist when faith intercedes in business and politics and it is at that intersection of faith business and politics that we can all live our best life. It's where capitalism will thrive. It's where our individual freedoms will thrive. And it is at risk right now. If we don't realize what's doing, wake up and get involved and stay involved. I want you to hear him. That's LM Buddy Pilgrim. Uh, Thank you so much for your friendship, buddy. Uh, God bless you and God keep you is my prayer for you. Got to have you on a whole lot, uh, especially coming in uh, to the end of this year and all of 2022. We're going to be hearing from you because, hey, listen, we need to hook up, buddy. I mean, seriously, we seriously need to do some things together. Got some ideas, want to run them past you. And um, as I was saying to you, I decided not to run for that office that I had told you about. I won't go into it, but I decided not to do that. And I'll talk to you offline about that. 
Well, God bless you, CL. I appreciate you having me on the program today. I'm available anytime you want me to be. It's an honor to get to, to uh, speak into the hearts and minds of the people who follow you and to your audience. God bless you. God bless you, my friend.